Hey, Pete the Planner here. Um, listen, I've been working on something for 15 years, and I'm so excited to introduce it to you. It is called Hey Money, and the whole point of it is this. You should not have to pay thousands of dollars a year to talk to a financial expert about your financial life and to get answers to the questions that you so badly need. And that is why we created Hey Money for about 20 bucks a month. We can help you with all aspects of your financial life, short of investment decisions. That's right. I'm just telling you how it is. Don't call us and say, hey, should I invest in this or that? That's not what we do. And let's be honest, those aren't the questions that keep you up at night. We can help you figure out how to get out of debt, to pay for college, how to uh, put together a budget, how to do all sorts of things. If you like this show, which of course you do, that's why you're listening, then get Hey Money. And I've got a special offer code, 10% off radio. Use the offer code radio for 10% off for podcasts and radio listeners only. Go to callheymoney.com. That's callheymoney.com, offer code radio. Good day. You're listening to Pete the Planner. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Joining me, as always, during this global pandemic is Damian Dunn, Vice President of advice at your money line and hey money from studio north dame are you currently wfh yes i am well wfb working from barn yeah people don't know studio north is a barn yes i love it i love it dame you you and your family are safe and secure right now yeah we are uh we are uh all bundled up in our house uh anxiously awaiting the sun to make a permanent appearance uh, for us so our kids can get out of the house and bring some peace and quiet. Excellent. Well, this show, generally, the Pete the Planner Show, is dedicated to answering people's money questions. People email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com, askpete at petetheplanner.com. And we're going to continue to do that through this rough economic time. But Dame, turns out most people have about the same questions these days. Uh, some are related to things like car loans and, you know, college debt and things like that, but they're really all related to our recessionary times, the decreasing number of people who have a sustainable income and all the other ills that a global pandemic will bring. So today's show, like the last few, we're going to focus on some of those common questions. We are going to hit some very specific questions from emailers and so much more. All right, Dame. Trends. What what are we seeing? I, I'll start here. I think the, most of the questions that I'm getting publicly revolve around stimulus and un, stimulus payments and unemployment benefits. So the stimulus payments from everything we've seen should start being deposited in the next two weeks into people's checking accounts if they are eligible and they have a bank account on file with the IRS. And that is a big if, because if you don't have that information on file with the IRS, well, that stretches the timetable out a little bit, doesn't it? It does. It's it's, it's roughly, and, and we sort of knew this in the last couple of weeks. We've been saying four months, you know, they're saying now 20 weeks, which, you know, what's another four weeks matter when you have no money? <laughs> um, here's what I'm actually struggling with. And we're going to talk about the payroll protection program here in a minute, too. Here's what I'm struggling with. 
I'm trying not to have unreasonable expectations for the people and the organizations trying to build these emergency mechanisms. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. Absolutely. This is, um, I think about, I was probably a coach or a boss at some point that, you know, told me there's a difference between turning a speedboat and turning an aircraft carrier. Uh, things don't just happen at the, the flip of a switch. I guess unless you're, you know, launching a aircraft off an aircraft carrier, I guess that happens at a flip of a switch. This um, metaphor really got. Yeah, it went sideways. I apologize. It's all right. Well, I, uh, so yeah, I mean, there are giant government agencies trying to do their very best to uh, use whatever resources they have available and what information they have on hand to um, create an entirely new program in like two to three weeks. And I don't think I have a very good understanding of what is entailed to uh, to make that happen. And I'm sure most of us don't because it's got to be a gigantic undertaking. Yeah, it's weird because it, it walks this line of letting the people off the hook, but also understanding, like you said, it's it's pretty darn complex. I think my frustration comes with um, when our leaders are giving us unreasonable expectations in terms of time that they're making promises they can't deliver on this program will be ready on this day. Mm -hmm. And then it's not Dame. If, if you're driving up I 69 to your I 69 to your house and I, and you get a flat tire and you don't have a spare and you call me and I say, bro, I'll be there in 45 minutes and I don't show up for three days. That's on me, right? I should know what is reasonable and I should set that expectation. And I think right now what is happening is a lot of the pain that people are experiencing, including me as a small business owner, as I try to, you know, apply for this paycheck protection program, it's that there's unreasonable communication going on and that feels punitive, you know? Yeah. In a time of, you know, chaos and uncertainty, it feels like we are unnecessarily adding to the fire. Uh, by those who I believe with good intentions are, are trying to induce calm or promote calm is unfortunately having the opposite effect for many people and many businesses. Yeah, just screaming, it's going to be okay, isn't actually helpful. Yeah. I think talking about the difficulties that we have without complaining about them, you know, mapping it out and say, okay, look, our goal is to have it done by this Friday, but here are the challenges. Here's why it may not get done. Instead, it's just, hey, this Friday, this is happening. And then no answered questions as to why it's not getting done. And, and I, again, I, I feel weird that I'm complaining about these things, um, but I don't want to complain. And and us talking about this on the radio doesn't really help solve the problem because it's not like Steve Mnuchin is listening to our program. Well, we don't Although know Although if he was, hello. You know? Is it just me? Am, am I? Am I? Are, are these three weeks of of stress and chaos? Are, are they built up to just a cranky old Pete, or is this consistent with the way you're feeling? I I think it's a combination of a whole bunch of different factors. There's the the unknown. There's the stress. There's um, the general uh, malaise or discontent with the government in general uh, for for most people. Um, so there's yeah, there's any number of reasons people could be stressed out not to mention you could be one of the unfortunate people who got laid off or just lost their job entirely so you throw that in there and 
who's to tell that person how to feel about this whole situation? I, I certainly can't. Yeah, I, I will contend until I am proven wrong that some of the smartest, most compassionate people were th- those business owners who had the courage to lay people off early out of respect for those people's financial lives. And, and the other group is hanging on the long as long as they can, hoping that the payroll or the Paycheck Protection Program will help. And so now there's this middle space. It's like, okay, well, maybe we should have just let everyone go at the beginning. And then there's the other group that's like, well, no, we're gonna we're gonna be part of the solution. We're gonna keep people employed, and it, it's it's just so much. There will be mountains of studies and papers written about how things were handled during the past two months and the the next twelve. Can I ask a really dumb, big question that we can't answer and is pointless to try? That's the best kind. I feel like that's the whole show. Yeah. Um, is capitalism a failed experience? Because that's what everyone keeps saying on Twitter, people that I don't necessarily agree with. I don't, I'll, I'll give you my answer first. I don't feel that way. I just don't feel like any economy, any structure is meant to be shut down for months during the midst of a global pandemic. I haven't done a very much in-depth research, but I would assume that other uh, economic models in countries aren't faring very well right now either. Right. It's like people are like, well, this is why capitalism's no good. I'm like, well, I get it. You're frustrated. And it and that seems like the where we can point to. And, and yeah, I, I just read an article this morning about the uber wealthy are just chartering billion dollar yachts to be at sea for months. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, whatever. I, th- that's not really a big problem in my mind. I, I don't care about that. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I don't know how not being in a capitalistic society solves the toilet paper conundrum that currently exists and the uh, all purpose flower conundrum. Yeah. I, I just uh, grow my own. Grow your own toilet paper. Toilet paper. All right, Dame, coming up after the break, we're going to get to some specific questions we see this week. One of the biggest questions you've been getting revolves around real estate. So we'll talk about that and more. This is the Pete the Planner Show. You can email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. And when we come back, we will blow your mind with facts. Amen. Back on the Pete the Planner show, talking about what else are we going to talk about? <laughs> oh, this week we're talking about leasing cars. No, we're not we're talking about economic meltdown. Have we named this thing yet? I, I liked economic pandemic, but that also feels like it marginalizes the people that are. I, I kind of like it. You do? I do. I mean, I don't like it. I, the name's okay. I wish we weren't in it. it. Um, Dame, so your team, good Lord. Your team has been amazing the last, last few weeks. So thank you publicly for your work and their work. You guys are helping thousands of people via your money line and Hey Money. Speaking of, if, if people listening right now want individual help from people like Dame and his team, go to callheymoney.com. That's callheymoney.com. And they will walk through this with you. You can use offer code radio for 10% off, which basically makes it, Dame, $17.99 a month to have access to experts who will walk you through this. Nice. 
Dame, you have one category of question that is popping up a lot here recently. And uh, why don't you tell us about that? <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> sorry. I wasn't uh, uh, really expecting this line of questions. Although once you start putting the pieces together, it does make a bit of sense. And we've been getting a ton of questions on real estate stuff, whether it's buying a new house, whether it's buying a rental, whether it's uh, selling and, and relocating, anything like that. It, it just seems that we've been getting an inordinate amount of questions around this topic. And Pete, if I had to prod you to guess as to why you think that might be, what would your response be? Uh, why people are asking real estate questions? Exactly. I would think it has to do with overhousing. It would be my first guess, but I'm feeling like that's going to be the wrong answer. In our uh, anecdotal evidence, it's been interest rates that are asked that are prompting all of these questions okay so lower interest rates Correct. people are wanting that was a nice way of telling me i was wrong without actually saying nope you're wrong dummy Did you it, you no, it was nice i liked it okay a lot thank well, I'll, you i'll remember that yeah so yeah. we've had uh a, if you haven't noticed a, a precipitous drop in interest rates lately which uh, can be something to take advantage of if you find yourself in that position. However, I think there are some bigger concerns uh, around real estate in general right now that might warrant discussion. When you work, for, you worked from home for years now. Do you wear pants? Do you wear like um, sweatpants or do you wear jeans or like a khaki? What do you wear? Because I haven't put on jeans in three weeks. What time does this show air? <laughs> Answer the question, counselor. Jeans. Really? Yeah. You I can do. sit all day in jeans? They're comfortable jeans, man. I don't wear those fashion jeans that you wear. So the that seemed like a shot. That seemed like an unfounded shot. So I, I think from the real estate standpoint, also what we're seeing is people getting stuck in the middle of a transaction on a decision mm -hmm. they made in January and February. Mm -hmm. And those are the scariest ones where, look, five weeks ago, we were at we were flying high, best economy in the history of the world, right? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, and so we were making decisions based on that. People were making business plans based on that. People were making summer plans, vacations, booking flights. And if those decisions you were making revolved around the largest purchase you'll ever make in your life, financed over the longest period of time ever with the most amount of interest and the largest you know, piece of your cash flow on a monthly basis, Dame, that's just real bad timing. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's exactly what it is, is there wasn't anything that you did to to in, induce this. Uh, the decision might have made a whole bunch of sense when you went into it. And then all of a sudden, everything changed. And you are left staring into the into the front door of that new house going, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And well, at least you're thinking about it now before you go through with the purchase. So, so I, I don't know if this is an appropriate question, but we have told people who've asked a very specific question around that concept that it's a bad idea to go through with the home purchase. Can, can we talk about that on the radio of what we've said? We're not saying their name or anything. Yeah, sure. No, we can. I, I think we can be general enough that uh, we can make this a discussion. So is that advice we've given? Because I've got to assume our goal is to tell people the truth. It's not to pat it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I would. Yeah. It's just like, hey, man, walk, lose the earnest money, walk away. Yeah, in, in some very um, 
I was about to say very specific cases after we just said we weren't going to be very specific. Uh, in some cases, uh, there have been folks who have entered into a contract to buy a new home, haven't even put theirs on the market yet. And they are staring really, really hard at owning two homes right now with the uncertainty of uh, jobs going forward. In that case, man, it just may be time to suck it up and lose some earnest money and stay pu- stay put. I, I know that may be the dream house that you've wanted and that you you and your, uh, I believe you call lovey-dovey, uh, have ex- wanted to raise kids in. But you know what? It's probably a bad move right now. Just dial it back, lose the cash, sit tight, and wait for this all to blow over. Yeah. I do feel like there's still people, and, and I don't know if this is a bad thing. The people are like, all right, how can we how can we take advantage of this situation? My USA Today column was about this this week. It's the you know, when something really bad happens, you want to have like a little David and Goliath moment, right? You want to sure. be like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna slay this thing. And I feel like real estate is one of those scenarios in which people are saying, all right, I have some income and employment stability. We've got some savings. Interest rates are low. Prices are coming down. Let's, you know, let's go. I mean, so that that's actually going to work for some people. But as is always the case in what we do, it works for fewer people than people think it works for. Sure. There are instances where it does make sense. I've talked to a few people where refinancing made all the sense in the world. They'd, they'd be able to lose almost 2% on, on their interest rate and really not have any drastic change in the term of of the loan that they were looking at. So yeah, go do that. You're going to end up you know, breaking even on that really, really quick. And it's going to be a huge benefit to you and your monthly cash flow. So yeah, that makes sense. Other times, man, I know we all like to think we're the smartest guy in the room and, and that we we see the opportunities to take advantage of when they appear. And sometimes the smartest thing to do is just to let it go by. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and actually, in the whole next segment, we're going to answer some questions, but here's something I've been thinking a lot about. And I don't know, it's, you know, you know, you know, how, you know me. Um, sometimes I'll think about something and then I'll turn it into a Twitter thread. And after I put some thought and some research into it, this one is is yet to be developed because I, I don't know enough about it. But when we come back after the break, I want to talk about real estate, more specifically, uh, people who have rentals, people, commercial real estate people, mm-hmm. where when you know people who've lost their job can't make their rent payment, mm-hmm. what happens to this group of people? Um, you know, I, I think about Mrs. Planner and I talk a lot about how lucky we've been over the last six months with some things that have just fallen right for us to be even more prepared for this moment. We sold our rental property. I actually, I can't even tell you when it was. I think it was last year, <laughs> but it was in the last few months. And the, the, the stress around having a renter that may not be able to pay when you, we would still have a mortgage payment, which is bleed down our emergency fund. Uh, I know I'm talking about what I said we're going to talk about in the next segment right now. So Dame, don't make a comment on it, but that's what we're talking about in the next statement. Dame, we've got a little less than a minute left. Any other glaring trends other than real estate right now that you're getting? Just the general uh, shock uh, primarily and people needing to 
uh, gather the senses up and make sure that they've got a good handle on where their cash is going right now. It has never been more important to step on the scale and know your numbers from a financial perspective. So often when we feel bad about something, we bury our head in the sand. You know, we don't step on that scale when we're feeling chunky. People have got to know because they've got to make the best decisions possible. Coming up after the break, let's have that real estate discussion that I already started. I'm Pete the Planner. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Uh, Dame, this is the very special series we're calling... What, what okay what have you been able to laugh about like heartily laugh about in the last couple of weeks was there something like some stupid twitter video or something that you saw that made you laugh uh i just uh watched one this morning and showed my wife which she didn't find quite as funny as i did but it's essentially people uh either falling or you know getting hit in the head or something like that but it was time to famous pieces of music because the the impact of of the uh, person hitting the ground had a certain sound to it and it was a perfect lead into that song it was really nice do you know that around three thirty yesterday afternoon mrs planner and i cry laughed to that you did we really did i can't believe you brought that up because that was going to be mine <laughs> that's where we're at man that's where we're at okay so in the wealth building space god i hate the term wealth i hate that I don't hate a lot of things, but I was thinking this morning, some of the financial things that just bother me. Ah, wealth building. I don't like the term. I don't like when people say the term almighty dollar. <laughs> it drives me nuts. <laughs> you know, you've been in this industry long enough. Yeah. And there's just certain phrases just make you cringe. Yeah. Uh, chasing that almighty dollar. Right. <laughs> shut, up, shut up, Gary. Um, anyway. So in this wealth space and, and people trying to, to amass a fortune, <laughs> oh God. Uh, there's a couple of ways to do it. You can use the market, the, the stock mm-hmm. market specifically, and then you can look at other markets like real estate markets and building a real estate empire and becoming a miniature mogul. But Dame, there's always different types of risk. And right now, I think people who built their fortune, built their income streams, retirees who are depending on rent payments from a series of rentals they have, whether they're duplexes or whatever, they got a problem. There are, as you said, a number of different ways that you can solve the retirement question on how you're going to prepare and you know, subsist in retirement, Mar- markets, real estate, whatever, a business but they do all produce that's uh, some some risk and they are somewhat diversified for sure but what you'll see in times like this is that pretty much everything gets crushed and there's no safe place to go run and hide to so i genuinely just had this conversation a very similar conversation with two people in this week as they continue to figure out how they're going to solve that question and they like rentals and that's that's fine. We, we discussed it. I said, you don't have to invest in the market to have a successful retirement. You know, rentals aren't in the wheelhouse for, I, I would say, the average person. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And yeah. so, so if, if you want to go that route, that's fine. But you've got to know the risks that you're assuming when you get into that area. I think people who have no debt on those rentals obviously are a little bit 
better mm-hmm. position. But for those people that are really grinding and leveraging one for the other, you know, they're, oh boy, let's not name names. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, I want to to really reference things that don't name names, but there is a, um, you don't know actually what direction I'm going with this. You think you do, but you know, uh, there's a person down in the Florida, uh, South Florida, who really finds real estate to be the best way to build wealth. So much so that the person has conspiracy theories around, you know, 401ks and whether it's really your money. It's a weird thing. And I, I you know what I'm talking about now? Has, has that person been on your show? Yes. Yeah, I know who you're talking and, about. And I've been on their show. And yeah. you know, I guess an acquaintance would yeah. be interesting. This person, for all intents and purposes, may be a billionaire. I, I, I don't actually really care about any of that. Anyway, and... Oftentimes, when he instructs people on how to build wealth, there's a lot of absolutes used. You know, absolutes in the financial space or anything involving numbers is generally a bad idea. That's why there's compliance departments Mm -hmm. and that's why there's regulation Mm -hmm. because people don't properly understand risk when you use absolutes. Like, this always works. That's an absolute. Well, that's the same thing that we see with... um other people in spaces similar to ours as well. When they're telling you how to lay out your life, they tell you in no uncertain terms and they are just rigid ideologues on certain things that they have no business doing. And yes, it makes the whole process a heck of a lot easier for them because they have cut and dried answers to virtually every question you can ask. But when reality sets in and we enter into times like these, things get a lot fuzzier really quick. I think so too. I'm a little afraid for people who I know pretty well who are building rental empires right now because there's so much leverage. Mm-hmm. Do you think people understand what I mean? With the, uh, with the I mean if you can give a 30-second example, so, that might help. Not having a lot of equity in any of these properties and essentially using whatever cash flow exists in one to buy another or even leveraging the actual uh, mortgages against each other, taking home equity to to invest in another property. So it becomes this house of cards where if you struggle to generate the income you thought, the cash flow you thought, it's not that just one of your properties goes under. Um, a lot of them do. And by go under, what what, what does that even mean these days? It means... I don't know what it means because of of mortgage relief, but yeah. none of these are FHA loans, no. right? None of them are FHA no. loans. No, it's going to be really. It. It's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out because, it, just like you said, there there will be some people who have structured their rental business uh, where they didn't buy another property until one was paid off, and yeah, that's going to take forever to do for mo- for in most cases, but they've got a ton of flexibility now. Uh, that if they go without uh, some income and they've prepared themselves personally, they may be able to weather this storm. However, if they are leveraged and they've used their properties or the cash flow on their properties to get into the next one and to get into the next one and to get into the next one, it doesn't take much for things to unwind. However, what's what are banks going to do? with all this i mean can they absorb that kind of hit are they just going to start extending grace to folks and saying we understand things are nuts uh we're going to hit the pause button i i don't know what's rational i don't know what's reasonable um 
but it could get really ugly. I read a headline this morning that I didn't have time to click on the article, you know, because I was complaining about something probably. And it said that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have about 12 weeks worth of reserves right now. They're the people that essentially guarantee federal home loans. Yet, Dame, part of the stimulus package allows for people to put their mortgage their FHA or federally subsidized mortgages in forbearance for 12 months. Yet there's instability over the next three months. So I'm struggling to understand to your exact point, how will this shake out from a mortgage perspective? Do you think on some level, if this keeps going, if if people can't leave their homes till July, sorry to do that to you, everybody, does, does that mean all lending, all payments, all, all obligations just simply get frozen in time and pick back up where we left off. And if that happens, what would be the ramifications of that? Is it that the bank has to, what happens? What happens if that happens? I, you'll have to read that in my upcoming book, Things That You Wish You Knew. I, I have no idea. Um, you could, I mean... There's going to be another round of stimulus. I, I just don't see how there's not. And they're, they're going to get probably more creative with it, probably more strategic with it. Um, hopefully a little bit more thoughts been put into the next one than this one. Uh, but I don't know. I, there's just so many questions on how things can go from here. There really is. I, I, you know, we're a financial planning show. We're, we're a yeah. show that tries to help you work through these wealth building and almighty dollar decisions. But, you know, the un, what's weird is, and I, I think people, are, and we've talked about, are grieving their plans, grieving their mm-hmm. preparedness a little bit. Because mm-hmm. no matter how prepared you are right now for this, even if you've got you know, six or 12 months income, you're still taking several steps back in the big scheme of things. And it's with that that we take a break. Coming up after the break, the biggest waste of money of the week, I'm Pete the Planner. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner show is, I don't know, Dame, I think uh, fly fishing lessons. So for Christmas, my wife got me fly fishing lessons with really. Well, here's why: you have to go to this classroom setting to take the initial class, and you have to take it by April. And so uh, this was a wonderful gift my wife got me for Christmas. I was very excited about. But a, there's no classroom setting right now. B, it expires in April. C, I've been taped to my desk 14 hours a day, seven days a week. I don't have time to fly fish right now. But man, what a beautiful thought that my wife had. What kind of school hasn't moved their curriculum online, Pete? What what kind of school did she send you to? I don't know. I start, this is where I go, man. I start thinking about shops like, what's this boutique fly fishing shop on the north side of Indianapolis? Like, how does it survive this? I know people are out fishing and doing stuff, but you can't go buy anything from there. How How does that place survive? Uh, don't know. I mean, that's, uh, it's a fair question. Have you done that yet? I mean, that's, that's when I start getting the most upset is when I think of, wonder how this industry is. And then I, I think about that industry and then I go up the supply chain 
and I go down the supply chain and then I just get sad. Have you, <laughs> you want to do that on air for everybody? Do, have you, have you done that yet? I don't recommend it. Uh, not probably to the degree that you have. Uh, I did drive by my donut shop last night, my local donut shop and found out that they are still open. So that, that was reassuring. Uh, that's, uh, so I, I don't know how much more there is for me to really worry about. How about my assertion this week that marijuana will likely be legalized in most states within the next 18 months? Do, do you agree with that? I think it's a really interesting theory. I don't know if I agree with it because I, I do agree you're exactly right that states are going to need revenue wherever they can find it. That seems to be really low-hanging fruit for sure. Yeah. So it would it would stand to reason that it would make sense that you just you know, you're going to throw everything you can at, at, at your, uh, the citizens of your state trying to get whatever revenue you can without overburdening them, uh, with the, the normal means. And if you can, you know, offer something that is, uh, new and uh, almost said novel, that probably wouldn't have been great. Uh, mm. then yeah, I, I think you're going to uh, see some states that get really creative and start thinking outside the box and you know, start f- figuring out ways that you can get, more cash in the coffers. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Man, you used novel and coffers mm. in that explanation. Yeah, I've been practicing. You know that I know as little about marijuana as anyone on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I think I think it's going to happen to what you just said. The, the strange thing is I was reading some articles this week about how states have been slightly disappointed with the tax revenue that their estimates... Uh, didn't come out to be true in the first, you know, several six months to a year of marijuana legislation. But the more that people miss projections, the more I'm just like, maybe they just stink at projections. Maybe, maybe it was still a good thing. They just had unreasonable expectations about how a deregulated controlled substance is going to perform. Maybe that's on them and not the concept itself. I would encourage them to look at the other side of the ledger too. How much uh, capacity have they freed up inside of their court system and their uh, prison system to uh, you know deal with more serious offenses? So you know maybe that's a, a a benefit that has gone unnoticed for for some states. So the revenue is not there, but you may be saving some cash on the other side too. You know we work with a lot of school systems and. To, to your point of what expenses are not happening right now because of the shutdown, you look at school bus fuel and, you know, maintenance. Oh, good Lord. You look at the heating and utility costs of buildings. I mean, you're talking about some, some really serious line items yeah. that have reduced the cost of those districts because here's the harsh reality that upsets me as much as anything here other than people's well-being and loss of life is that because of the economic shutdown, because there's not tax events occurring, sales tax, income tax, those sorts of things, municipalities and states are going to blow through whatever surplus they have. Then they're going to be faced with one of three decisions. One, go deep into debt, which some states constitutionally can't do. Two, increase taxes via new creative tax schemes like marijuana legislation or just simply raising the rates or three, I don't know if I went A, B or C or one, two or three, but the the third point is they'll just decrease services. 
cutting school uh, funding, cutting safety funding, not putting money into roads. And so, you know, I know everyone's upset about their own personal situation and, and everyone is actually, for the most part, mad at the federal government. A lot of people are. But the state governments are what's going to end up being affected the most. And if people transfer some of that disdain towards the government response to this to the states, they're going to be extra jaded when they find out that their state is doing everything. Most states are doing everything they can. And those states are who are going to be the most affected. See, th- these are the these are the 1130 at night rabbit holes that happen to me. It's going to be really interesting when this comes home locally for a lot of people, just as you said, you know, the, the, we all, you know, raise pitchforks at the federal government, but when our lives change locally through schools or services or, or whatever the case may be, increased taxes, that's when this is going to make the difference. And, and when we'll realize how much a carnage w- was really experienced going forward. And it's going to take a while for that to sit in. Um, I, I think of my local school district here, and yeah, they're they're using air quotes, which doesn't work real well right now. But oh, I didn't even know what you were pausing for. Saving a whole bunch of money right now, but I bet the three people in their technology department are you know working twenty five hour days right now, trying to keep all the you know uh, all the things glued together. With they've probably had small budgets on before, so it'll be interesting to see how budgets change going forward, uh, how planning changes going forward. Um, maybe even the structure of, of certain things that we've just come to think of as, um, unchangeable. Uh, just, uh, it, it's, this could be a gigantic, uh, event in the history of our country. You know, I, I think I've been trying not to talk about this next topic for three weeks, but I can't take it anymore. I happen to live in a city that spends so aggressively to, build the hospitality aspects of our city so much so Carmel, Indiana, so much so that they're spending city dollars to build a luxury hotel, which was crazy over budget before all this happened. And now no one's staying in a hotel. Dame, what are the chances that one of the best places to live in America? And I I mean that like it always is on the list because Mm -hmm. they probably pay to be on the list. What are the chances that the decisions made in good times that were unnecessary. Wonder if that crushes the local community. I can't believe I just went there, but I've been wanting to for three weeks. I can't believe they spent taxpayer dollars to build a hotel. What were they thinking? I don't know. I don't know. Is it finished? It, it, uh, no, it's it's stuck. It's it's stuck because they they went over budget, and I, I don't want to give the numbers because it'll be inaccurate. But it was some. It was like forty percent over budget. This was probably six weeks ago. There was a big report, maybe less. And this is before the global pandemic. So I don't know what's going to happen. Then you look at, oh man, we've got 50 seconds left to bring this home. Then you look at the municipal bond ratings and how those are going to be impacted because munis are getting killed right now. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yield will go up, but risk is, is also going through the roof right now hey dame it was really good to spend time with you during the break we were talking about how you and i are putting out fires all day long and if you and i are talking to each other it's to help each other put out a fire it's actually good to just talk yeah that's our therapy session yeah and and we terrorize everyone else and terrify everyone else but you and i feel a little bit better so thanks everybody productive 
Hey, everybody, take care of your family, not only in your own home, but uh, in around the country and around the world. I know this sounds dramatic. It's all we can do. Send you good vibes because that's all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the show. Mm-hmm.